Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm your host, John Breeden, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. Today, we dare to ask the question why the game industry keeps repeating itself. And today we dare to ask the question, why the industry keeps repeating itself? Okay, let's stop that joke. Um, today's show is actually built around an email sent in by one of our developer readers, which I will read to all of you in just a moment. But I wanted to um, introduce our panelists. The show today, the topic is actually uh, pristine, unmined areas in the game industry. Seems like the game industry seems to be playing follow the leader a lot and coming out with a lot of the same types of games. Uh, sometimes sequels and sequels and sequels and sometimes just genres that are extremely similar to things that we have seen before, um, which our developer friend uh, actually points out uh, he's having a hard time with. Um, so we'll get to that letter in a second, but I wanted to introduce our panelists. Um, joining us today, direct from England, is uh, Shella, our European correspondent, someone who hates repetitive gaming very much, so I know this is a topic near and dear to her heart. Shella, welcome to the lounge today. Thank you. Um, also joining us is our business reporter and publisher, Nate Woolley. Nate Woolley Thanks. has. Oh, sorry. Hi, Nate. Hey, John. How are you? You're so impressive. You didn't, but you didn't let me finish your your introduction. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> Nate has been featured in such prestigious publications as the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, writing about uh, the game industry and the business of gaming. Please welcome Nate Moneybags Woolley. Hey, somebody's, somebody's got to have it in this crew, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also our third guest today, who is uh, last but not least in any case, especially when she's playing uh, on- online, um, she is our extreme female gamer, uh, Kelly Adams. She's also the host of our other excellent show, The Gamer Geeks, which runs right here at GameIndustry.com. Kelly Adams, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> Excellent. So we uh we've we've I've been checking the mail, um, which anybody can write to us if if you'd like to uh, to let us know how we're doing or you have an idea for a topic. Um, you can do so by sending an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We're happy to hear from you. And to prove it, I'm going to read a letter that I got from a developer. Um, he would like to be known as Sergeant High Caliber which I'm assuming isn't his real name, um, but uh, it's a boy. Let's name him High. High Caliber. Um, but <laughs> Mr. High Caliber writes, um, Dear Gin Lounge, love your new show. I love when they say that. Usually they start Dear Moron, so that's kind of a cool start. <laughs> Mr. High Caliber says, I am a developer fairly high up in the food chain at, and then he names his company, but he later asked me to withhold that. Um, suffice to say, if I said the name, you would know immediately like the top three or four games that they've made recently, so they're, they're pretty big. He says, we've been making a series of the same types of games over and over again. So far, they've been mostly successful, and we have all gotten paid, which is a good thing. But now our major publisher is pressuring us to make yet another military sci-fi shooter. I was wondering if you and the lounge crew could explore this topic and perhaps find some cool new ideas that have not been done to death. We are stable enough now that we could take some chances, and we would really like to tackle something new that people would like. Yours truly, Sergeant High Caliber. 
Thank you, Mr. High Caliber. I think uh, I think you've touched on an issue. It's nice to see that the developers that are making these games also see this as as a problem. So I wanted to start with Nate Woolley, our business guy. Um, Nate, how much of an issue is this in the game industry, and why does this keep happening? Well, I'll, I'll offer two quick comments on that. One, in the industry itself, I don't see it as an issue at all. For the second comment I have, it works. It sells. If you make another sci-fi military shooter extreme first-person <laughs> blood splatter thing, you know what? A bunch of people are going to buy it. You're going to all make a lot of money, and your stock price is going to go up by 10%. <laughs> and the senior management all gets, you know, $100,000 bonuses, job well done, pat on the back, and move on. <laughs> sort of thing I do to you every six months. The $100,000 uh, bonus, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been giving those to myself. Oh, right. Of course. Can, can we, can we delete that, that part? <laughs> happy, happy to serve, Mr. Nate. So I, I – I totally understand, totally, the, uh, you know, uh, the fine sergeant, because who doesn't like a non-comps, point of view in which there are more things that can be done. On the other hand, that requires a certain level of risk and a little exploration of the unknown, and corporations, specifically public, publicly traded ones, aren't about risk-taking. They're about maximizing return and minimizing risk. So if he wants that sort of game... You know, to do something risky and, and unplanned and uncertain. You know, a large corporation with a secured job and the whole that whole sort of happy-go-lucky thing isn't really where that's going to happen. Really, more it, more in the indie market, I guess. Risk taking is by one or two guys, you know, working out of their garage. That's the people who invent new things. I mean, what was id Software when they came out with Wolfenstein 3D? You know, who had ever heard of those guys? I mean, some people in the industry had. Suddenly, bang, first-person shooters are everywhere. Well, yeah, and then there's that famous quote, uh, which I actually have framed uh, on my wall in my office from Jay Wilbur at ID Software that says – It's uh, true. You know, he does. Yes, I do. It says, uh, <laughs> people ask who I fear, which of our competition, LucasArts, Microsoft, any of the big companies, they don't frighten me. What I'm afraid of is two guys in a garage working in total obscurity. That's where the heart and soul of this industry is. Uh, that quote is – Dated 1997. A lot has changed in the industry since then. I mean, two guys working in their garage don't get all that far these days, unfortunately. I was just going to say exactly that. I mean, how many guys working in a in a garage are going to get a game seen, played, <laughs> successful, change anything I, these days? Absolutely, it's I, it's true. Frankly, frankly, I disagree. I think uh, I think those couple of guys, those small firms, five guys, ten guys. We have a dream and an idea. That's where you can really get something innovative done, and they may not be able to, you know, break as big as say Morrowind or Spore or something boring mm. like that. Um, but that's where you're going to suddenly find the creation of a new genre of games. I, I, mean, I hope we'll, I hope you we'll, meant that Spore was boring and not Morrowind, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I was I was taking a shot at Spore. Sorry, Will Wright. Sorry, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take another shot at him. Uh, I was in college, and John, I think you were in high school when uh, SimCity came out, and that was, you know, the first Will Wright's first big thing, and it was utterly new and innovative, and suddenly it was everywhere. You couldn't escape it, and suddenly there were 19 different Sim games running around out there, and they were all successful, and people couldn't live with them. He created an entire genre, but you know, he's not innovating now. 
That's true, but but like you say, there's some some 24-year-old guy out there who says, nobody's ever made a game that does this. And Mm. he's got... Where's my my game where I have to remember to use the bathroom for God's sake? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You you know, I just... You laugh, but that's that statement. You know, two people over beers, or, you know, a husband and wife, you know, having Mm. dinner over the you know, having dinner on, over the kitchen table or something as they're running around. It's that statement where somebody says, you know what? They don't do whatever. Mm-hmm. And but the other one more, says, but you could. Shall it's, still more, it's still more difficult for those little guys today to, oh, than it was. I'm not saying it's day. easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm Especially saying that's, this economy. <laughs> that's but, where you're going to get innovation. Well, then we, yeah, we've got. If that's our only hope, that's a really pre- pretty sta- sad state of affairs, isn't it? Well, um, we've, we've got our. When's the like last mega mega publishers who just aren't willing to take a risk on creativity? Yeah. Well, as I said, their goal is to yeah, maximize make, uh, stock price and revenue. Mm-hmm. And and frankly, they're utterly right to have that focus. If they're publicly yeah. traded, they're playing with other people's money. And mm. you know, you can set up a little experimental division and throw a couple of million at it and say do something but you Mm. better not get that noticed at the annual shareholders meeting your ass is going to be on the street and you're going to be looking (laughs) forward well um there is some signs of light though i mean our our developer friend uh, sergeant high caliber he um actually uh, again i recognize the company that he the developer that he works for i I was actually playing one of their games last night until about three in the morning so i mean they're very well known and and you know, I think people are looking for this. The the thing about yes, it's a risk, but like you were saying, Nate, with with Sim City, it's a risk. If it pays off, you know, you're gonna make so much more money than you would just making another shooter. Then I think it's probably, at least for some companies, it's got to be worth taking a chance. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I I concur. But the reason it has such a big payoff if you succeed. Is because the startup capital is so small comparatively. I mean, how much did it cost Rockstar to put together uh, Grand Grand Theft Auto? What is it, four or whatever it is, a hundred million dollars? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much money do you actually make? Right. You know, if you move, you know, twenty million of them, your margin's mm-hmm. going to be nice, but not as a percentage huge. Right. True. Uh, a, a parallel might be the the motion picture industry. You know, you throw one hundred and fifty million or two hundred million dollars into creating, you know. Uh, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia or something for the big screen, you can make your money back and everybody's happy. That's great. On the other hand, you get some dumbass kid from Burkittsville who, who <laughs> borrows who borrows a uh, uh, a video camera, spends like three days tor- for, tor- for instance. Oh, yeah. I love Kevin Smith. <laughs> or, 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 or frankly, the Blair Witch Project, which cost $30,000 yeah. to make. And netted something like 150 million, all of which mm. went to those two guys. <laughs> mm. True that. Well, let me let me let me try to identify because um, I I really want to help Sergeant High Caliber. I feel a real a <laughs> real connection with Mr. Caliber. Um, I do too, actually. I oh, yeah. I feel him deep in my heart. <laughs> so so <laughs> Shella, why don't we go with you? Um, what what are some of the what are some of the genres that you have been playing that that you think are basically the ones that are done to death? 
Um, well, as much as I love Halo, the military sci-fi thing has been done. It's done. It's beyond death, really, isn't it? I mean, we've just got to move on. We really got to move on. Um, high fantasy. If I've got to kill another orc playing as a wood elf, I'm going to scream. Frankly, don't forget um, riding the unicorns. I still haven't found the unicorn in um, Oblivion, so I'll let that one slide for now. (laughs) I can tell you where they're at. Yeah, I can can guide you right to them. They're north of Braville. But anyway, go ahead. I haven't even played the game. I I knew there was a unicorn in it. It was on my Christmas card last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And World War II... Has uh, been, yeah. I mean, that is like surely that's it now. It's it's done, guys. We've done it. <laughs> World War Two is done. So like, we don't do World War One. We we just do World War Two over and over. And Actually, over I had again. I had World War One on my list of 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 genres that might not be such a stretch that somebody could take a chance on that might be popular. Well, yeah, yeah. But what's the angle? You charge forward, you get shot by machine guns. <laughs> you mean, look at um look well no you do it again and again and again surviving in the trenches look at um look at a game like Call of Duty mm, uh, lights well not Call of Duty um <laughs> well Call of Duty would would count but I mean uh Company of Heroes for instance their new one that they just came out with called uh, Tales of Valor that takes individual guys like the the tank ace and then there's this famous guy who uh, charged this bridge and it centers entire missions around these pseudo pseudo famous people um, mm. you could do that with World War one you've got like Sergeant York yeah. for instance and so forth and you could tell his story and you could go through and 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 I, I think it could be done interesting and, and well yeah yeah and there's like mounted soldiers and stuff from World War one weren't there right right true true yeah. okay uh Kelly how about you is there anything that you've been playing that uh, just seems seems done to death at the moment? The shooters, but I mean, I've been playing Wanted, but that's a shooter that kind of gave me a little bit. It's got the new with the curving the bullet and mm-hmm. the different timing and everything. I don't know. It threw something new to me to where mm. it gave it a change all then, like the Call of Duty series. Uh, the rhythm games, I mean, they're starting to really put out a lot of them. But I mean, I've been playing the crap out of Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if what if you had a rhythm game that was different? I mean, I'm throwing something out here that just came to me. What about a rhythm game where you had the pad that you had to dance on, but it was ballet? <laughs> oh, I would love that. Or conducting would be cool because there was a conducting one that came out of Japan like a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and um, conducting would be perfect with the Wii. That'd be so cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, that would be awesome. Mozart yeah. and stuff like that would be excellent. It could come with a little tux- t- uh, tuxedo um, T-shirt that you yeah. could put on before you play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go all eighties. <laughs> Have a piano tie as well. Awesome. Bad hair, all of it. <laughs> be awesome. Um, so, um, Shella, to um, to because I want to I want to get into the undone. What, what are some genres that you think are undone that 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 maybe uh, Sergeant High Caliber or somebody else could could get look into that that maybe wouldn't be such a risk financially, but but well, I guess it would be a little bit of a risk, but but would be okay. something that I think people would like. Okay, well, um, top of the undone list, but I think it would be a huge risk is romance. 
I mean, the games industry's never even gone near it, have they? Um, but not so risky. And what I'm really surprised is werewolves and vampires haven't been done to death, and they've been done to death everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. I mean, we've kind of skirted round vampires. We've had vampire the mas- masquerade and the Buffy games, and there's a couple of characters that are, are vam- incidental vampires, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't really delve into the mythos. But werewolves—that would be a cool game where you you have to struggle as two personalities and things in 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 a world, and um, yeah, try to kill people without getting caught. And I think that would be a really good one. That sounds neat. Um, that sounds neat. And you could use—I mean, I don't—I don't know where the license, but uh, the Vampire Bloodlines game, which was awesome in the in mm. that used the White Wolf role playing system, which yeah. also does Werewolf. So mm. if somebody got the license, it could be a point based yeah. system, and you you could do some good stuff with that. Yeah, I mean, werewolves have really not been done anywhere really at all. Not even movies haven't done them that much. Not as much as they have vampires. No, vampires are more sexy, I guess, and mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think werewolves would work really well as a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm really so shocked that there hasn't been more especially with the popularity popularity of the underworld series oh you're right yeah, you're right yeah the battle yeah exactly the battle of They're the vampires totally, against the lichens and yeah totally untapped the underlying the romeo juliet romance between them you know it's, yeah it's, yeah exactly but, but where do we go with that is that more first person stuff or role playing or what I mean, I understand what everybody's saying with what's new, what's new, what's unplundered. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if we take the, you know, werewolves or vampires or World War One and just turn it into another, you know, first person experience, yeah. what have, what have you really changed? Well, what, what Bloodlines did going back to the vampire thing was to add a heavy role playing element onto it. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was what made it ingenious. If you're playing a vampire and, I mean, there are some horrible vampire games out there like, um, Oh, I can't even remember the name. I want to say Blood Rain, which was probably Count, but there's actually a different one out there where you just you just happen to be a vampire, and, and you're going around just killing people because you're a vampire. You know that's kind of lame, really. I mean, yeah. you know, I'd rather I'd rather get into the whole the whole back and forth and the role playing aspects of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can take a good idea and do it do it badly. But Nate, I actually wanted to bring up I actually wanted to bring up a game that you mentioned on our first show that you're playing, Mosby's Confederacy, which is a first person civil war game. I mean, that's something that really breaks the genre there. Well, civil war games have certainly been out there, God knows. But they've all been uh, tactical, you know, move your troops and line them up and that type of thing. Yeah, which is good. And Mosby's Confederacy has a certain element to that. But the whole adding the sort of I mean, let's face it, the American Civil War and the West, the 30 years immediately following us, give us the whole cavalry charging over the hill kind of thing. And that I really brought out in uh, Mosby Confederacy. Frankly, it's a very good game, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to what new ground it's breaking, I don't know. It sort of put a new you know, skin, a new face on what they were doing. But at the same time, I'm going around killing a bunch of, you know, you know, they're orcs or they're confederates or they're whatever. <laughs> Look, easily killed minor character. Number right. three. <laughs> right, right, I see. I red see. shirts. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, yeah, exactly. They're red shirts and you get to be the space monster <laughs> that kills them. 
So, Shella, I'm I'm going to make a prediction here, and I, I may be going out on the limb, but um, when you say the romance game is is an untapped, uh, unspoiled genre, if it will, I think that's going to be the next big thing in the industry, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think that the Twilight movies and book series, which are extremely popular among a certain age group of people, they're they're on the surface are about vampires, but they're really about romance, um, and it really just happens to be. Romance that involves vampires. So I think that any type of game that comes out based on those particular movies and books is going to have to have a romantic element. It has to. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be a shooter, <laughs> certainly. Yeah. And I think if they're popular, which given how many people like the books and stuff, I can't see it not being, maybe we're going to start seeing romance creep into games and maybe have one that's uh, that's generally... I mean, I don't know if we're going to get like Jane Austen, the interactive game or anything, but, <laughs> but, I, but I think that 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 might be an element that you'll start to see. Um, yeah. So we are almost out of time, but I want to get final thoughts from each of you, and I'm going to start with Shella. Okay. <laughs> well, my fi- well, my final thoughts on the whole thing is no other art form has such a narrow spectrum of genres, and I don't see why I should um, have such low expectations of the of the games industry i think you know it's it's a relatively young industry and it's got some way to go but i just think someone somewhere needs to take a risk and expand okay like put down the guns get off the spaceship let's go somewhere else (laughs) all right hear that sergeant high caliber (laughs) yeah all right nate what, what about you well i'd really like to see a new approach to the way of it thinking of uh of how Cella had laid out, say, Jane Austen or romance or something, you know, something that is more character driven, mm. not that you get levels, that you achieve these things. It's, you know, this is all crap. Everybody's done that. You know, mm. Dave Arneson just died and he invented D&D 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. But something where you force people to make moral choices and become better people, you know, can you can you navigate that? Something that, you know, the, not to put too fine a point on it, but as I've said before, I'm an old guy, and I would like the idea of developing games that make people think and make decisions and consider what they're doing as opposed to twitch, twitch, twitch. Mm-hmm. I'm a 14-year-old boy. Watch me go. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's true. That's true. All right, Kelly, what about you? I know you sort of have a unique perspective. You're, you're sort of the most violent gamer among us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like to see games that aren't so linear. And that really take chances. I like to see the chance takers to come out and the ones that really question the storylines where I'm not going to – every time I play, I won't get the same ending. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if I had an opinion to give to our developer, it would be really pursue to try to get the rights to do a game based on Cheryl and Kenyon's Dark Hunter series because you have a – that collection is into its, like, 20th book. And it, she's a bestseller, and the storyline is just so integrated where you would have the vampires, but also with the mythology, with Atlantis. And it's a very interesting story that she tells with it, and she's got a huge, loyal following. And mm-hmm. it's just get ready to branch in. She's gone graphic novel. Wow. Well, some, definitely some good advice. So, uh, well, I think that our friend uh, Mr. High Caliber certainly got his money's worth today. Uh, so hopefully we'll start to see 
um, how that goes. If anybody wants to write to us, um, besides Mr. Caliber, you can do so by sending an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. Until next time, thank you all for showing up uh, in the lounge today. And uh, for you, everyone who's listening, we hope that all the games that you play are unique, <laughs> or at least <laughs> uniquely cool. 